Welcome to the Peaceful Life Podcast. This is your host, Laura, coming to you from a cottage in the woods in the peaceful mountains of California. Today is Father's Day, and so I thought it would be fun to profile an unusual dad who has literally changed his life and his family's life to create a more peaceful life. Ricky Shetty is the founder of DaddyBlogger.com. He's originally from Vancouver, B.C., but is now doing something that many of us just dream about. He and his wife packed up their three kids and are now living on the road and traveling the world. He's speaking to us from Juan del Sur in southern Nicaragua to tell his story. Welcome, Ricky, to the Peaceful Life podcast. Thank you so much, Laura, for having me on your show. It's definitely an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. Um, So you are a serial entrepreneur and an internet marketer. Tell us first how you evolved from that to Daddy Blogger. I was kind of a combination of both. Uh, So I was working, uh, I'm from Vancouver, BC, Canada, and uh, in my hometown, I was working in a traditional nine-to-five job as a bank teller, and I was definitely very discontent in that position. Mm-hmm. I was a teller in the sense I was behind a cubicle and, uh, you know, obviously talking to customers and all, which was a good thing, but behind the cubicle part uh, wasn't for me. Uh, so then I started my entrepreneurial journey. And then, uh, yeah, the Daddy Blogger brand is the one that uh, really took off. I started that about five years ago. And, uh, yeah, here we are five years later, and it's uh, – Probably what I'm best known for in terms of internet marketing or online branding is uh, the website uh, where I write about fatherhood and family travel. Great. Before you had children, you were still a big traveler, correct? Yes. That's that's something you've always incorporated in your life? That's right. Uh, In my 20s, I actually uh, traveled quite a lot. Uh, After I finished university, I went to uh, Europe. I did a typical backpacking trip around uh, most of Western Europe. And then I actually uh, taught English in Japan for a year. And then after that trip in Japan, I ended up traveling around Asia. And then I still hadn't got rid of the travel bug, so I went to Australia. Wow. And I did a working holiday visa, which allows you to work and travel at the same time. So I did that in Australia. And I traveled Australia, New Zealand. Then I pretty much ended up broke. Uh, went back to Canada. Uh, stayed with my parents for a little bit, as, as you do. And then uh, that's when I ended up actually meeting my wife around that time. And uh, after I met my wife, uh, well, my girlfriend, I mean, I I met her, I started dating, (laughs) got engaged, married, and I had uh, kids one, two, and three. So here we are now with uh, a family of five. Wow. And how old are your children now? I have a five-year-old daughter. I have a four-year-old son. And then I also have another one-and-a-half-year-old son. So... And at what point did you decide with your wife to pick up and just travel with the family? Uh, so uh, around the time when my wife was uh, pregnant with a third one, that's when I suggested to her, hey, honey, uh, you know, we've had these two kids. And uh, uh, it, there's a cool thing in Canada, which is called maternity leave, uh, which <laughs> allows, uh, you know, uh, women to have one year paid maternity leave. And oh I think gosh. it's U.S. where you're from or in other parts of the world. So, yeah, definitely being a Canadian has its perks and advantages, including obviously a great health care. But the math leave system is amazing. So you get one year paid maternity leave. And my wife had stayed home for the first two kids. Um, uh, obviously, with kid number one, it's quite difficult in terms of the 
the novelty of the experience, like, uh, you know, being new parents. But by kid number two, you're like, okay, it's much more, much easier. By kid number three, we're like, okay, we're confident, we're comfortable. So, so I suggested to her, like, uh, why don't we try this whole travel thing to see if it will work for a family, uh, if our, if uh, my wife would like it, if I'd like it, if, if our kids would like it in terms of health and, of course, the safety issues and all that. And we've actually loved it. Like, I mean, of course, we've had uh, issues and challenges and struggles like you would have anywhere. But uh, we've uh, definitely overall loved this lifestyle of uh, traveling uh, while at the same time working, which is a challenge, uh, finding the discipline uh, and being productive while on the road. Now, how are you traveling? Are you driving? Are you flying to place to place? Uh, you know what? Uh, primarily, Laura, Laura, we've been traveling uh, by public transport. Um, so we've been primarily traveling in South and Central America for the past year. Um, uh, so when we go, we flew into uh, South America, and then once we got into South America, we pretty much did the whole loop of the continent uh, by public buses, with the exception of about two flights in uh, 12 countries. So we did 12 countries pretty much overland. And as you can probably tell, South America is a huge continent yes. and the distances are quite uh, long. Um, so, and the buses aren't always in the greatest condition, but uh, yeah, that's how we, we, we've done it. And then now we've been traveling through Central America. Uh, we flew into Mexico and then from Mexico, we traveled 100% overland uh, mm -hmm. from Mexico into Belize and then in, into uh, uh, Guatemala, then El Salvador, Honduras. And now we're actually here in Nicaragua in the southern part in this small town, it's called uh, San Juan del Sur. Now, did you plan your route ahead of time or are you kind of just winging it? Uh, no, we, we definitely had uh, kind of a framework in terms of where we were going to go, what part of the world we we're going to see, which countries. So we had that general uh, rough uh, framework of where we wanted to go, what we wanted to see. Uh, but the specifics, that's more left to chance in terms of if we like a place, like we really like this town, so we've been here in this town for about a month. Mm -hmm. Whereas, uh, you know, like other countries, like we were in El Salvador, we didn't, you know, really enjoy it that much. I mean, it was all right, but it wasn't spectacular. So we only stayed there a week. So uh, the time frames uh, are changeable based on a few factors. I, I mean, one is the cost. Like, uh, they're really expensive places like Brazil and South America, so it's quite pricey to travel in. Whereas it's, there's really cheap places like Colombia. So we ended up like focusing on the cheaper places as opposed to the more expensive places. And of course, uh, the other factor is the size of the country. Uh, so if we're in uh, bigger countries like Mexico, is much bigger. There's a lot more to see and do. So we'll stay there longer. Whereas somewhere like Honduras is much smaller. You can go quicker to the places and there isn't as much to see and do. Mm -hmm. Now, some of these countries you mentioned um, have been known for conflict. Are you concerned about your family's safety at all as you go through them? How do you take precautions for that? Great question, Laura. I, I think that's uh, definitely uh, one of the biggest questions uh, of any parent would have, right? Like about the safety, security. And we definitely had all these concerns before we left our hometown. We're from Vancouver, which is uh, definitely a safe uh, city. Mm -hmm. uh, but when we started traveling, uh, uh, there were all these, I, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it like fear-mongering, but like the media or like the, um, uh, what do you call it, the, there's a lot of websites which will, will give advisories, like the, for example, in Canada, or I'm sure in the U.S., they have like these advisories, right? So uh, when we were going to like South Africa uh, early last year, 
there were so many advisories against going to Johannesburg. And then I, uh, my wife actually saw it. And then uh, they were talking about Johannesburg as being like this, one of the world's most dangerous cities. And uh, uh, there's risks of like uh, home invasions and hotel invasions and people robbing you when you go withdraw money from the ATM. And when you take a taxi, people get kidnap you. And my wife's like, what are you doing to us, Ricky? You know, this is a, you know, like, are you going to like let a family be kidnapped or murdered? And, you know, like, of course, uh, then uh, I get scared too, right? Because when you read this and it's like my own government telling me not to go. Uh, and we, we had all these doubts, like, okay, like if we go there and if, if we felt unsafe, we'll leave right away, right? So we decided to go, uh, despite the warning by our own uh, government. And when we went there, we actually like felt really safe like we were walking around a lot of families there just like us there were like other families like families of five they're walking around with strollers and uh like i mean like it might not be as safe as my hometown but it wasn't as dangerous as uh the media or like our advisory uh made it out to be right so i think uh, uh in terms of that safety issue definitely we'll look at those um advisories and what the media says but we wouldn't put as much of a weight as I think they put on it, uh, they kind of like uh, weigh it as very extreme, like, okay, this is the most dangerous stuff that could ever happen, right? Whereas like most people aren't probably going to get mugged or uh, robbed or kidnapped. I mean, the probability of you getting kidnapped while traveling is very low. Uh, I mean, you might get mugged and stuff like that. So we're, uh, uh, of course, cautious about things like uh, walking around late at night, walking in, um, you know, like a quiet area. So we will we'll definitely avoid... Um, walking around at night in quiet areas. I mean, we'll still go to like restaurants and stuff as long as there's people around. Um, and of course, not um, kind of showing expensive stuff like uh, cameras or watches. Uh, even I think like when we're traveling South and Central America, maybe like we're con conscious and cautious about the fact that we speak English and that will automatically set us apart. Like, oh, these guys are speaking English. They must be rich. They're foreigners, right? So we'll kind of like um, be a little bit more quieter when we feel, okay, this might be a little bit of a more dangerous area. But I think uh, a lot of it has to do with like being street smart and uh, being kind of like sensitive to the environment you're in. Right. Uh, but, you know, and in, in we've been traveling for 15 months, Laura, and uh, not one bad thing has happened in terms of safety and security. That's Other awesome. bad stuff has happened missing planes or buses and stuff like that but no safety and security um issues um and nothing's been robbed in a year and a bit so yeah definitely we're grateful for that that's good and i i guess it would be the same as if you had traveled to any big city even in canada or the u.s you do have to take precautions and you just modify your schedule depending on um what time it is and what area you're in yes so that's a good answer I know from experience that traveling with a child is stressful and even airline travel nowadays have has become different than it was 10 or 20 years ago. How do you find peace in the midst of your travels with three children and getting from here to there? I mean, do you let nature take its course and if you miss a bus then you miss a bus or you know how do you organize all that and still keep peace of mind uh you know at the end of the day uh you know having kids is stressful uh, no matter where you have those kids uh, i think that's the honest truth um it's going to be stressful uh, in your hometown it, in your home uh when you're taking them to the grocery store when you take them on road trips around your uh, province or state so i think there's going to be stress and uh difficulties and challenges no matter where you have kids 
Uh, just because, I mean, kids are kids, uh, so they have their own minds. Like, even when I was doing this podcast interview, actually, my kids walked in and they started making noise. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm doing a podcast interview. And then they started throwing a tantrum. They're like, oh, why are you telling us to be quiet and all? So then I just said, okay, come back in half an hour. So they don't, I think, uh, at the end of the day, kids don't fully understand that, you know, daddy's working or daddy's on an interview or, uh, you know, we're, we're in a public bus or we're in a crowded area. They don't fully understand that. They just understand my needs aren't being met. You know, uh, I need this thing. Or I want this thing. So I think we just have to understand as parents that uh, uh, they don't have, I guess, the maturity or they're at a different stage of life than we are. So I think we have to realize that, first of all. And um, in terms of your question about how do we find peace, uh, I would say there's a few um, uh, things we've done uh, consciously and proactively to achieve peace on the road. One is by taking breaks alone. <laughs> so because me and my wife are traveling together, like I will take my breaks. Uh, I like doing networking and going to meetups or meeting people. Um, so I'll often do that. Like um, my wife will um, stay uh, in the hotel or Airbnb with the kids and I'll go uh, have uh, some, uh, you know, some business meetings or social meetings and connect with people. I really like doing that. And then my wife likes uh, beach time or quiet time. She likes gardens and she likes uh, nature, going for walks. Uh, so I'll handle the kids and then she'll go for these walks, sometimes do the, the mom spa uh, you know, routine that uh, moms definitely need to do more of. Um, so we'll do those kind of things, the solo time. Uh, then also we'll uh, attempt to do uh, date nights uh, when we're traveling. So. Uh, some of the hotels or uh, places you're staying in, they'll have like a, a babysitting or kids program where you can uh, pay, you know, X number of dollars and leave your kids for a couple hours. Uh, we've even just talked to the hotel staff and saying, hey, we just want to go out for a dinner or walk alone. Uh, would it be okay if one of your staff members looks after the kids in the room while we're out? And a lot of places will actually be quite uh, willing to do that. Uh, so it'll be in the room in your hotel where you're staying and uh, they'll be watching TV or playing and then there'll just be a staff person there just to watch them to make sure they don't get into trouble. And then me and my wife can have our times of peace and solitude. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, that you are just together 24-7 yes. and that everyone really needs their alone time and just to decompress and not have to handle the relationships that are going on. So that's a great way that you've been able to handle it, having both your alone time and then going out as a couple and just having adult time. Yes, exactly. Now, the children, do you think they'll remember this? You know, they're young, they're five and under. How do you think it's enhancing their lives as the adults that they'll become? Yeah, I often, uh, you know, uh, reflect on that question like, okay, how much are they really going to remember? Because I look back at my own childhood and my formative years, and in the sense of like being five and under, I don't remember much of being five and under. But when I look back at my childhood, what do I remember? It is the travel memories, like it's going on road trips and uh, going on camping trips and uh, really uh, you know, doing these like uh, uh, formative memories like uh, with my parents. So in the sense, I do not remember specifics of what we did, where we went, but I remember, uh, you know, being with my mom or dad in, on, in, the, in the car and visiting places. So in the sense of my childhood being formed, I remember uh, those memories very strongly. And I actually wish I'd done more of them. So I'm like, OK, now that I'm a parent, I'm like, OK, I don't want my kids to grow up and thinking, oh, I wish I'd done more trips with my, my, with my parents. I'm like, OK, let's uh, 
avoid that regret by uh, being proactive in uh, providing these uh, life experiences now. And as a blogger, obviously, I'm documenting every day, almost every single moment. So I, I have my camera, my I, I take a lot of pictures and videos and write blog posts. So I think this is really going to be helping them to uh, create these memories, um, you know, kind of pull them out from their brain. Uh, and I kind of wish I had that. I mean, obviously, like I, I grew up in a time where there weren't any blogs or no internet. So my parents didn't have that ability. But now we have that ability. So when they're maybe like 10, 15, 20 and above, they'll be able to actually look back and say, oh, we went to this city, this country. We did this. And of course, the videos will help. Uh, so I really feel at the end of the day, this is helping them form strong identities in terms of um, uh, them being very culturally sensitive, they're, them learning languages. Uh, them learning about foods from around the world. And of course, they're learning about uh, the lifestyle we have in the West, uh, in North America or Europe or Australia, as being a lifestyle of privilege. Uh, whereas in uh, you know Asia, Africa, South and Central America, there's definitely not that privileged lifestyle that we're accustomed to in the West. And that's one of the big lessons I want them to take out of this trip, that uh, we're, we're very blessed to live where we are and we we're blessed to have the things we have. Uh, and really to value experiences and memories over materialism and things. So I hope uh, these little lessons will help form their little identities now and in, into the future as well. Yes, that'll be a great um, memento that they'll have through your blog. Uh, the travel, I, I remember as you were talking about the early trips that we took, um, we were from the Chicago area, so I remember distinctly when I was six and we went to New York and when we went up to Door County to the wilderness, which probably started my love of nature. Um, so you're correct. It is the um, exciting travel that and the experiences with your family that you do remember, and they'll have a wonderful memento through your blog. What happens when your children become elementary school age? Obviously, your daughter will hit it first. Are you going to go back to Vancouver and settle down, or do you plan on traveling still? That is the million-dollar question. That's the question we're trying to figure out for ourselves. Uh, I mean, uh, again, like uh, the, we, we talked about the safety and security. Uh, one of the other big questions is the third S, the safety, security, and schooling. Uh, so in terms of schooling, uh, that is the question we're trying to answer. So uh, uh, there are a whole bunch of different options. There's everything from homeschooling, uh, which is like following a curriculum at home or hotel or wherever we are. And then there's the uh, world schooling, which is like you're learning uh, the things you need to learn like mathematics or reading and writing or geography or history, but through the experiences of the world, uh, that's world schooling. Then there's unschooling, which is no formal education. It's just kind of like letting them be and letting them learn uh, naturally. Um, and then there's a self-directed approach where they, it's like they're learning what they want to learn, not what the school tells them to learn. Uh, so that if they're really interested in mathematics, then we'll focus on teaching them that. If they're really interested in uh, uh, geography and history, we'll teach them that, while, of course, supplementing the other needs that they have. And uh, then there's the whole, um, you know, like, obviously, we could put them in an international schools while we're kind of like being expats and putting them in a private or public international school. Or, like you mentioned, um, you know, leaving their life of travel behind and going back to regular societal life. And that is actually the hardest and... Uh, I think the most unlikely option, uh, just because uh, when you open up these doors uh, to travel, 
you get the bug, and then it's, you're pretty much uh, being infected for life. It's very hard to go back to normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, uh, we're considering like maybe uh, living and working and schooling in another city, just so we can have a new novel experience of living abroad. And I think um, there are obviously a lot of challenges with that option, but there are also a lot of uh, learnings with that option for us as parents for our kids, but ultimately for our family unit. So that's what we're kind of uh, leaning towards doing. So no final decisions here. You'll have to check back on me in a, like a year or so, and then we'll have a final decision of what we've decided regarding their schooling and their socialization. But it sounds like you've put a lot of thought into it already. So I'm sure you'll make the right decision. Yeah, and you know, like, I don't know if they'll ever be the right decision in terms of objectively. Uh, we have to make a decision and then, uh, you know, kind of like make it the right one once we've decided. And now for the final question, it's something I ask all my guests, is how do you define a peaceful life? That is a a great question. I think uh, when I look at peace, I look at it as a holistic. Uh, So am I having peace internally and externally? So am I having peace of mind, uh, peace of heart, peace of soul, peace of spirit, peace of body? And then externally, like am I having peace with my wife, peace with my kids? It's working on those individual components and finding peace in there. And I think having that, I guess, segmented peace will lead to a holistic peace. Thank you, Ricky. Uh, Tell my listeners how they can find you online. That is uh, the easy question. Uh, The question there, the answer there is, uh, you know, you can find me all over the web at daddyblogger.com and it has links to my social media, my email list, my podcast, my YouTube channel, and more. Uh, So just go to daddyblogger.com and you'll be able to follow us along on adventures. And uh, if any of you are listening who are parents, or even if you're not, uh, definitely love to inspire others to travel and to live life to the full and follow your dreams. So uh, definitely ready, willing, and able to help out any way I can. So really appreciate appreciate this opportunity to be on your show today and keep up the good work, you know, helping people achieve more inner peace. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Again, you can find Ricky online at daddyblogger.com and facebook.com slash daddyblogger. If you have feedback about this or any other program, email me at laura at thepeaceful.life. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, you are a spectacular human being. May every sunrise bring you promise and every sunset bring you peace. Mm-hmm.